Thank you, team. God bless you. I'm starting a new series. It's a series that goes hand in hand with revival. You can't have revival without the person I will be talking about in this series. Unfortunately, the person I'm about to talk to you about isn't as understood in the church as he should be. In fact, he's often ignored. People don't understand him and they misinterpret him. And yet, he is a vital player in everything that happens in our Christian lives. And so this series, this title came to me. <clears throat> I got to... I gotta, I have to explain to you, when the Spirit of God speaks to you, it's like he interrupts your thoughts. Have you ever had a conversation and someone interrupts you? You ever telling a, and please, wives, don't look at your husbands, and husbands, don't look at your wives. You're telling a really cool story or you're making a really important point and all of a sudden as if the other person wasn't listening, they come from across the other screen with a context and a subject totally different than what you're talking about and they start another conversation. Anybody here without turning your head to the left or the right ever experienced this kind of phenomenon? Only a few? Yeah, I could give you a few names who you could hang out with. You'll experience it more often. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Come on. How many of you have ever experienced an interruption and somebody comes in out of left field all the time, right? And so when the Spirit of God speaks to me, I'm thinking this way, and I'm, you know, caught up in my thoughts, and suddenly comes a thought outside of my mind from a completely different direction Sometimes an entirely different subject. The Holy Spirit speaks. And so, as I was, I know several months ago, God told me to preach this series, which at that time did not exist on paper in my laptop. And he said, I want you to speak this series. <clears throat> and I knew that it would come right after I finished preaching on revivals. And so the title of the series might sound almost a little bit unreligious or disrespectful. And the exact opposite would be the truth. The whole reason why I'm doing this is so that we can give honor to the one that I think is so often ignored or misunderstood. And so the series is called The Holy Who? The Holy Who? With a question mark. And of course, I'm talking about the Holy Spirit of God. If you open your Bibles with me to Genesis chapter 1, verse 1 to 2, it says, In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty. Actually, it was a lot more than that. The two Hebrew words there are tohu and behu. 
I can't go into that today. That's why I run a Bible college. I love this book. How many of you like mysteries? Well, let me tell you, the Bible is full of mysteries. You can read a verse, and then the Spirit of God starts to show you mysteries under the first layer. And then when you're going gagas and ah, I can't believe it, he'll pull up another layer and another layer. This book is filled with mysteries that God wants to reveal. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty, tohu and behu, which actually are two Hebrew words that are only ever used for destruction as a form of judgment. Tohu, behu, used in the Bible, but only when a city or a nation has been destroyed and it's smoldering in the effects of judgment. Uh, we could take a whole nother road here and I could teach you some amazing things, but I want to teach you the most amazing thing, and that is the Holy Spirit. Now the earth was formless and empty and darkness was over the surface of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. So here's God in the heavens and the Spirit of God hovering over the earth. Now, we, we teach in Bible college, and I'm really excited. Quite a few people have signed up for year one of Bible college, which this year is purely online. Um, <clears throat> But we teach in Bible college that every major doctrine in the Bible starts in the beginning. The book of Genesis is not just the beginning of earth. God mysteriously weaves every major doctrine into the book of the beginnings. Like salvation, the introduction of the concept of salvation is in the book of Genesis. In fact, it's in the very first three chapters of Genesis. You can't get out of the Garden of Eden without God speaking about a salvation and a redeemer who is yet to come. And so Genesis, every major doctrine of the Bible starts in Genesis and you usually see the final picture of that doctrine woven throughout Scripture and it culminates in the book of Revelation, the end of all things. But anyway, it says here, in the beginning, God. Everybody say God. God. See, in English, we say God, whether it's an Aztec God, or whether it's an Asian God, or multiple gods, okay? And we use the same word. But in the Hebrew language, multiple words are used. And this word God in the Hebrew is the word Elohim, Elohim, and it means God. But what is uniquely special about this word Elohim is that it is plural, okay? Elohim is the plural of the Hebrew reference 433, Eloah. Eloah is singular, Elohim is plural, Eloah is singular, Elohim is plural. So when you read about the god Dagon of the, uh, of the Philistine, the Philistine god 
Dagon, he is a god, little g, and he is Eloah. But when you read about the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, he is Elohim. Have I got your attention? Okay. Eloah is used in the Old Testament, throughout the Old Testament, whenever the word God is used in reference to any false deity worshipped in pagan rituals. But the God of the Bible that the patriarchs believed in is Elohim, the plural version. Now, does that mean we believe in multiple gods? No. There are many sides to Rob Scarallo. Fortunately, you get to see Rob Scarallo, the preacher. And usually that comes with his hair, which is getting less and less reasonably neat shaven, and reasonably dressed. Now, Rob Scarallo, Bob the Builder, you don't want to meet him. <laughs> he wears short pants that are dirty. They look like they should have been washed uh, eons ago, and uh, dirty T-shirts, and he looks totally different, and black socks with big, heavy black boots, and not the kind of guy you want to be looking at while he's preaching. That Rob is better wielding a hammer or using an impact driver to drive screws in, okay? But aside from that, aside from there's Rob Scarallo, the dad, and Rob Scarallo, the pa, grandpa, and Rob Scarallo, uh, the preacher, there are three Rob Scarallos. And someone's going to say, I knew it, I knew it, he's schizo, there's Rob Scarallo that you see and you hear the tone that my larynx creates the, when I speak. And you see the Rob Scarallo that might age. And you see the Rob Scarallo that's flesh and blood. But there's Rob Scarallo, the heart. The being that emanates thought the being that collects memories and ideologies and forms belief systems and the being who has character and personality. If you've ever been a parent, one of the amazing miracles of being a parent is that if you have more than one child, it is amazing how their origin is all the same. They come from a seed and an egg, and usually from the same dad and usually the same mom, and yet a family of one pa uh, two parents, a husband and wife, can have three, four kids, and each kid is so uniquely different. So different. We had Amy, and Amy was generally really quiet, and, you know, we had her room set up with some little girly toys and a dollhouse and stuff like that, and Amy could be in her room for three, four hours, and we're doing our stuff around the house and didn't need our attention, and she would take care of herself. Along comes Amber, and Amber has Amy, and the two of them play, and the two girls could be in their bedroom with their dollhouses and be playing, and... Not a problem. The earth was wonderful. And then we had a boy. 
And when he was old enough to walk and talk, I was ready to cast a demon out of him. I mean, he would grab a stick from outside and walk along the hallway. We had a split-level house back in Australia. And so he'd be up by his bedroom. He'd come out of his bedroom with a stick, and he'd be overlooking the living room, and he would be banging the stick along the railing and yelling at the top of his voice for no reason whatsoever. He had to have a demon cast out of him. I mean, he was just so different. Boys are different. Girls are different. And girls from girls are different. And boys from boys are different. Okay? The soul is a different part of me. And that's where my character and my personality come from. And then there's the spirit. The soul and the spirit are very intertwined. The Bible says it. It says only the word of God can separate spirit and soul they have a very tight knit union so when this flesh dies my soul and my spirit go to be with the Lord the apostle Paul says uh, when, when the body is dead when, when we're alive we're absent from the Lord when the flesh dies we are present with the Lord okay so there's the spirit of Rob Scarello. And the spirit part of me is where I talk to God and where God talks to me. You see, when I talk to Bonnie, I use the physical body of my tongue and uh, my mouth and my larynx here, my voice box, but I talk to her from my soul, from my thoughts. I have a computer. It doesn't generate thoughts by itself. But there's something in me that generates thoughts. When I talk to Joe, we talk back and forth. I hear through my physical ears, but I understand what, while my brain processes everything, it's my soul that has life. It's my soul that interprets and rationalizes and originates thought. But when I talk to my father, it's my spirit that talks to him. Too often, Christianity becomes religion. And you know how Christianity becomes religion? The fastest way to get religious is to try to have a relationship with God through your physical brain. God is spirit. Jesus said, a woman was at the well and she had, you know, she had, lived with multiple men and she had a broken life and Jesus took time out for her and when she realized he knew everything about her and he wasn't judging her and he loved her she said I perceived you're a prophet and her religious mind says we're Samaritans we think God should be worshipped on the mountain you Jews worship God in Jerusalem since you're a prophet um, where should we worship God the brain and Jesus said you know what you Samaritans, you worship what you don't understand. Your head knowledge is wrong. And the Jews, they worship what they know. They just have head knowledge. But the day is coming soon and now is where true worshipers will worship the Father from their spirit. You see, until you're living from your spirit, 
You are alive naturally and dead spiritually. And to become alive spiritually, you've got to be born again. That's another birth. Your spirit awakens and becomes conscious. The real you is let out of the bag, you see. Well, so uh, there's three parts to me. There's three parts to God. My spirit is very real. My soul is very real. My physical flesh is very real. And in the restoration of all things, God is going to raise our dead bodies and glorify the bodies and put our spirit and our soul back in our glorified bodies. Even this is important to God. Everybody, look at your flesh. Stop hating yourself. Everybody, look at your soul. Look at your character, your personality. Look at what you've done in the past. Stop hating yourself. God loves your flesh, he loves your soul, and he loves your spirit, and Jesus died for all three. Can I get an agreement? Yeah, thank you, Russ. You always tell me that. Thank you, buddy. I need the encouragement from time to time. So let's stay on track here. So I thought God was one. In Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 4, it says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. The Bible says God is one, and yet I said Elohim is plural. But hang on a second. If the word God is singular, then why do they even have to say the Lord our God is one? You see, in Hebrew, the word Elohim is God, but it infers, it gives the indication of a compound plural unity. A compound plural unity. What is a compound plural unity? Well, pictures paint a thousand words. What is this? Some of you aren't sure. An egg here. What is it? What about this side? Scott, what is this? Yeah, catch. What is it? Scott, what is it? You think it was a grape? It was a flying grape. I don't just have grapes, I got flying grapes. <laughs> I was aggregate. You're eating it. So now, right? You're eating it. Oh, okay. <laughs> Well, you're chewing something. <laughs> All right. How many grapes do I have in my hand? How many grapes do I have in my hand? Two. Okay. Very good. <clears throat> no trick question. Sorry. You thought I was doing a trick question. I got two grapes. How many grapes do I have in my hand? A whole bunch. How many bunches? One bunch. That's a compound plural unity. The Hebrew word for that is akkad. And so in Deuteronomy chapter 6, when it says, O Israel, here your God is one, your God is akkad. So in the Hebrew language, they understood God is a complex, compound unity. But that shouldn't be too surprising, so are you. You are spirit, soul, and body, and yet you are one. Everybody see that? 
I might as well be eating some, right? So this is one bunch. How many bunches do I have now? Two bunches. Is this one bunch by itself? Is this one bunch by itself? I like the red, red ones more. You want some? You want the red ones. You like those? Well, here, share them around. There's some people behind you. Don't be selfish. Here, you're one of the ushers. Share it around. Here you go. Les, share it around. Let me take a few more before I give them away. Share it around. So God is one, but it's a compound plural unity. God is a God. He is one budge. So God, who created the heavens and the earth, Yet his spirit is hovering over the earth. The spirit of God. Let me show you something else. See, you need to come to Grace and Faith Church. You never know when I'm going to bring food out. <laughs> look, 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 at the, look at this verse in Isaiah 48. This is really cool. We're going to go to Isaiah 48. We're going to... For brevity, we're going to read verse 12, 13, and then verse 16. Watch this. Now, the word akkad is used whenever Elohim is referred to. Well, uh, whenever he's referred to as being one, it's akkad. Elohim is plural. Eloah is singular. So watch this here. Isaiah chapter 48. Listen to me, Jacob. Israel, whom I have called, I am he. I am the first and the last. Who's the first and the last? In Revelations, who said, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end? Jesus. God is speaking. Listen to me, Jacob. Israel, whom I have called, I am he, I am the first, and I am the last. Let's go to the next verse. Okay, let's go to the next verse. Get on you guys. My own hand laid the foundations of the earth. My right hand spread out the heavens. When I summons them, they all stand up together. Very interesting because... In the Gospel of John, it says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and nothing that was created was created without Him. The first and the last, the person called the first and the last, says, I created the earth with my hands. My, I spoke, I summons them, and they stood up together. Um, let's go to verse 16. Same, same chapter, come near me and listen to this. From the first announcement, I have not spoken in secret. At the time it happens, I am there. And now the sovereign Lord, Yahweh, has sent me 
I am the first and the last. And he endowed me with his spirit. That's the Trinity. The Trinity is revealed all the way back in the beginning. And God, Elohim, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. What did God say? Let us make man. He wasn't talking to the angels. If he was talking to the angels, then they are creators. And if they are creators, they are gods. They are not. God the Father said to God the Son and to God the Holy Spirit, let us make man in our image. And even unsaved people in the world, they'll say, yeah, we are spirit, soul, and body. Now, they usually say we're body, soul, and spirit, or body, uh, mind, and spirit. And they get it a little bit cockeyed, but generally there's a concept that we are a trichotomy. We are three beings, but yet we're one person. And here in Isaiah, this person who is speaking the word, who summons creation, okay, says... The sovereign Lord sent me and he endowed me with his Holy Spirit. In the New King James Version, that verse 16 reads like this. And now the Lord God and his Spirit have sent me the Word. Is that pretty awesome? You see, and I'm going shallow right now. That's why I run Bible college. There's even more proof all through the Old Testament. God reveals these wonderful things and it just bolsters your faith and gets you really, really excited. That's why we run Bible college. I love teaching in Bible college. Okay, so we're going to keep moving. Okay, now let me show you something. John chapter 1 verse 1 to three, I quoted this quickly. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Every major doctrine starts in the book of Genesis. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. And as you keep reading in that chapter, and the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. And he was the light of the world. Who's that? We're going to go to the end of that chapter, verse 32. And now we're talking about John the Baptist who came to testify about the light of the world. And so the Apostle John, the gospel writer, is writing about John the Baptist who's now dead. And he says, then John gave this testimony. I saw the Spirit come down from heaven as a dove and remain on him. And I myself did not know him, but the one who sent me to baptize with water told me, the man on whom you see the Spirit come down and remain is the one who will baptize with the Holy Spirit. And I have seen and I have chosen that this is God's chosen one. So John the Baptist says, I, don't, I didn't really know, even though he's, John the Baptist is cousins with Jesus, they were distant. And he didn't really have a lot of interaction with him. John the Baptist was in the wilderness and he was having a relationship with God. 
And one day when Jesus came to be baptized, the Holy Spirit came on him and that confirmed everything to John. He knew that he knew that he knew. This is Yeshua. This is the Messiah. This is the one the prophets have spoken about. And he says about Jesus, he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. So we got God the Father, we got Jesus Christ the Son, and we have Jesus is going to fill us with a third person, the Holy Spirit. Yeah, you can give God a clap offering. Pretty cool. John chapter 14, and I'm pretty close to the end here. This sermon is the first in a series, The Holy Who, and it is an introduction to the Holy Spirit. And over the next few weeks, I'm going to tell you more and more about the Holy Spirit. And what's going to happen is those of you who want more of the Holy Spirit, and want to be led, and you want to hear from the Holy Spirit, and you want to see what the Holy Spirit is saying, and you want to experience living from your spirit. Over the next few weeks, you will have opportunity to receive the Holy Spirit, the person on a level far greater than you ever have. How many of you know you can still get more of God? If I said to you, how many of you want more of God, who would put their hands up? Would you get offended if I said, do you want more of God? Okay, and yet some people in the religious world get offended when we say, well, you can be baptized in the Holy Spirit. That means get more of the Holy Ghost. I already got the Holy Ghost. I got the Holy Ghost when I was saved. What are you saying? Are you saying I'm not saved? I got the Holy Ghost. He was with me. He led me to Jesus. Whoa, chill. Chill. Anxiety is not one of the fruit of the Holy Spirit. Of course, if you're saved, you have the Holy Spirit. But the same way I can get more of God, and I want more of God. And the same way I want more of Jesus. Yeah, he's in my heart. You don't hear me freaking out. Jesus is in my heart. I'm saved. We love each other. He loves me more than I love him. I try to love him more. He helps me. He's faithful. Sometimes I'm a little faithless sometimes, okay? But I want more of Jesus. How many of you want more of the Holy Spirit? Yeah. All right. John the Baptist not only said, this is Yeshua, Jesus. This is the Lamb of God. In fact, if you keep reading, we don't have time. John the Baptist told his disciples, he's telling them, this is what happened to me. God said, when you see the Spirit, the Holy Ghost come on him and remain, you'll know this is Yeshua. And then the next day, Jesus was walking by and John the Baptist says to his disciples, behold the Lamb of God. Listen, if you're a Hebrew, you understand what that means. A lamb is used for sacrificing for somebody else's sins. This Messiah is going to be a lamb. He's going to die. He's going to pay the penalty for everybody's sin. John the Baptist says, Behold, the Lamb of God and two of his disciples got up. And from that day, instead of following John the Baptist, they followed Jesus. And John was good with it because John came to prepare the way for Yeshua. Amen? But John says, This is Jesus 
And Jesus will introduce you to the Holy Spirit. Look, I'm not lying. Um, now, let's go back to the last scripture. Sorry, you're, you're doing good. John gave this testimony. I saw the Spirit come down on him. Halfway down, the man on whom you see the Spirit come down and remain is the one who will baptize with the Holy Ghost. Jesus baptizes us with the Holy Spirit. Okay? So John introduces us to Jesus. Jesus introduces us to the Holy Spirit. Okay. Now, thank you, Tony. We'll go to that scripture. In John chapter 14, verse, are there any grapes left? My mouth's getting dry. Come on, run. How many of you want to see Juliet run? How many of you watch Jill run? <laughs> I need a squirty explosion in my mouth. I've been talking too much. Don't say amen. That was not a cue to say amen. All right. So, John chapter 14. If you love me, Jesus says, keep my commands. And I will ask the Father, God the Son, will ask God the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you and to give you another advocate to help you and to be with you forever. The spirit of truth. How many of you would like the spirit of truth? Do you know that when you don't know what to do, if you have the spirit of truth, he'll tell you what to do? And he'll always tell you the truth. And do you know that when someone's lying to you and it's going to hurt you and cost you if you believe them, the spirit of truth will speak up. This is the Holy Spirit. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him for he lives with you and will be in you. So Jesus is talking to his disciples. This is the end of their journey with Jesus. And he says, guys, the Holy Spirit of God has been with you. But there's another dimension. Soon he will be in you. None of the disciples got offended and said, what do you mean I don't have the, the Holy Spirit? No. They chilled. I said, okay, he's with us. This is cool. This is great. Did they do incredible things with the Holy Spirit with them? Yes. When Peter got baptized in the Holy Ghost, did he step up to another level? How many of you want more of the Holy Spirit? Amen. I do. I still want more. Absolutely. Okay. Uh, uh, but you know him for he lives with you and he will be in you. Now, verse 26, same chapter. But the advocate, the Holy Spirit, by the way, the word advocate in the, in the uh, Greek, did I put it in here? Did I put it in there, Tony? Thank you, Tony. 
Good on you, buddy. The word advocate, and sorry, that says Hebrew. It's not Hebrew. This is New Testament. It's Greek. My mistake. Okay? In the Greek, 3875, the word in the Greek manuscript is parakletos. Now, I'm Italian, so I could roll my R's. Parakletos. So, but sometimes... Americans and Aussies and English-speaking people have trouble rolling their R's. So I want everyone to say, paracletos. See, usually as Americans we say, paracletos. Paracletos, okay? Paracletos is as translated as advocate. It means an intercessor. He will pray for you. He will pray through you. That's one of the phenomenal things the Holy Spirit does through us, and I'll be teaching you how. He's our consoler. He's our comforter. He's our helper. He's our paraclete. Paraclete is like a legal assistant. He will stand with you and advocate for you. Wow. Amen. And my, uh, John 16. John 16. Let's go to John 16. And again, Jesus is continuing this conversation, but now I'm going to him who sent me. So the father sent the son. John the Baptist said, Jesus will baptize you in the Holy Ghost. None of you asks me where you are going. Rather, you are filled with grief because I've said these things. But very truly, I tell you, it is for your good that I'm going away. Unless I go away, the advocate, the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of truth will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. So the Father sends the Son, and the Son sends the Holy Spirit. And Jesus actually said, I mean, how many of you could think of anything better than Jesus? Right? I mean, he's a free meal ticket. You could be on a a, a six-hour journey And you need food, and he could just whip a fish out, multiply it, feed everybody on the ship, right? I mean, he he did everything. Do I need to put out more grapes? As long as they're not sour, right? Okay. Jesus, awesome. But Jesus says, no. See, I come to be the sacrifice for salvation. But the Holy Spirit, he's the one who hovered over the face of the deep. He is the spirit that brings the power of God. See, as you read scriptures, when Jesus healed people, it says and the spirit of God was with him to heal the sick. The Holy Spirit brings that supernatural dimension. God in the flesh was flesh limited to one place at a time. God in the spirit is unlimited. He is omnipresent and his power can be with us anywhere and everywhere. So God sent the son, Jesus sends the Holy Spirit to be with us. He will comfort us, he will teach us, he will guide us, he will lead us, he'll speak truth. You know what prophecy is? Prophecy is truth about the future. The Holy Spirit brings prophecy. He reveals the future, and he speaks truth. You know what a word of knowledge is? 
A word of knowledge is God giving you information about somebody that they've got it all locked up and hidden, but yet if it got released, they could start to get healed. And so the spirit of truth will bring a word of knowledge because he's the spirit of truth and open people up and help them get ready to have an encounter with God. Isn't that awesome? Yeah, that is awesome stuff. Praise God. My last scripture, and I conclude with this, it's a very important scripture. This is an introduction to a series. Romans chapter 8, verse 14. For those who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. We can put that another way. The children of God are meant to be led by the Spirit of God. Okay? What am I saying? You see, in some Christian sections of the church, they're still Christian. They're my brothers. Jesus died for them. I love them. And what I'm about to say is not to lessen them. Their concept of the Holy Spirit is this. We have God the Father, God the Son, and the Holy Bible. And there's no new revelation. There is no new revelation of doctrine. But every day I need information that may not be written in fine detail in the Bible. You understand? And if someone can give me information about my life that I need for today to make decisions, when they give it to me, it's a revelation. And so, unfortunately, some religious Christian systems of thinking, they exclude that. They get a little bit freaked out of anything that goes beyond what they could explain with their rational mind. The best way to miss God is to try to force him inside the box of what you can understand. And the best way to get more of God is to take a Stanley knife and cut the four corners of the cardboard box of your mind. Let the flaps down and let the Holy Spirit start to move. Is that a good description? Amen. So, Tony, one more time, if you'd put that last scripture out. Romans, Paul says that the children of God will be led by the Holy Spirit. You see, I never consult with Pastor Steve. He never consults with me. I got a revelation while he was leading in worship, and it fits perfectly with my sermon. So thank you, Pastor Steve, for being sensitive to the Holy Spirit. You don't even know what I'm about to say. But he used an analogy and it just hit me. He says, you know, in the desert is when he was singing, you move, we move, you stop, we stop. And he said, in the Old Testament, in the wilderness, the people moved when God moved, they stopped when God stopped. When God took them out of Egypt, he was teaching them to follow his spirit. On the mountain, In the earthquake and the tremor and the lightning and the fire, the voice of God spoke. 
Then the word of God was written on stone, and the word of God became revealed. You had God the Father, Ten Commandments come down, they reveal the holy standard of God. The word, the written word is the Son. And the word became flesh. And then in the wilderness, they followed a pillar of fire, often a symbol of the Holy Spirit, and the Shekinah cloud of glory, a symbol of the Holy Spirit. And when he stopped, they stopped. When he moved, they moved. Even in the Old Testament, God was showing them that the pattern of things to come is that we would follow the Holy Spirit. You see, in your Christian walk, God wants you to have more than God the Father and God the Son and your Holy Bible. Now, the Holy Spirit will never tell you anything contrary to the Bible. Never. Jesus said, I only say and do the things I heard my Father say. You know what Paul says about the Holy Spirit? He searches the deep things of God's mind and reveals them. He can never be out of unity with the Father. So if you think the Holy Ghost is telling you something and the Bible contradicts it, it's not the Holy Spirit. He will not bring that kind of revelation. He'll bring you revelation to help you make the decisions on a daily basis. That's why Jesus said, it's to your advantage I go. Because the Holy Spirit, he will come and walk with you. And he'll be there by your side. He'll be your parakletos, one who's close by. Para means close by. And as you're conducting your life and you go, mm, mm, he'll go, mm, mm. <laughs> he points. He'll talk to you. He'll speak. Sometimes he'll actually say things. And thoughts go through your head. And you think, where did that come from? And the Paracletos is right there smiling really big. And we're looking at him. Where did that thought come from? How many of you have ever had the thought, I need to ring so-and-so. And you ring him, and it was spot on. Put your hand up. Paracletos. Everybody say, Paracletos. It's the Holy Spirit. Paul says... If you're a child of God, he will lead you. Thank you, sweetie. She did really good. Put your hands together. All right. The Holy Spirit will lead you. See, what's lacking in the church today is that we taught everyone how to get born again. Now we're holding our holy Bibles waiting for Jesus to come back and take us home or drop dead, whichever happens first. You can laugh. I wasn't being blasphemous. Scott got it. Irma, they were laughing. Okay. Where's some more grapes? Throw some grapes out. They need to. Okay. Paracletos. God wants a church. He wants individuals. You're the church. Come on, say, I am the church. We are the church. God wants his church following the pillar of fire and the cloud of Shekinah glory. He wants intimate relationship with the paracletos. Many people have got a relationship with Jesus. They don't have a relationship with the one who's meant to be our comforter, our counselor, our lead, our guide. Could you imagine someone paying attention to you and constantly meeting all your needs? This is your husband. Mm -hmm. His name is Zach. Yep. And you and Zach are going to have a beautiful baby, mm -hmm. a healthy baby. Yay! Mm -hmm. Does he ever bring you 
I better be careful what I say. <laughs> yeah. Does he ever, I'll be real generic. Mm -hmm. Does he ever do nice things? Yeah, of course. Does he pay attention to you? Yeah. Does he ever cook? Yeah. Does he do stuff around the house for you? Mm -hmm. Dude. Yeah. You're killing it. Does he, uh, I'm going to walk on water here. Mm -hmm. Does he ever bring you breakfast in bed? Ever? Oh, I thought you were going to say, but he'll pick up how to do it. <laughs> As she has the baby, you're going to be doing it. I'm prophesying now. All right, dude, I'm prophesying. Everybody say, uh-huh. If you've been married a few years and you got kids, all the men said, uh-huh. Oh, you deadbeats. All the men said, all right. So can you imagine this guy pays all this attention to you? Do you ever say sweet something to her? Of course. Mm -hmm. Of course. Do you ever kiss her? Of course. Do you ever rub her back? Yes. Mm -hmm. Do you love on her? Of course. Do you tell her how special she is to Every you? Every day. Dude. <laughs> yeah. Good man. Good man. Now, could you imagine he's there to bolster her, comfort her, strengthen her, lift her up, tell her she's beautiful? Could you imagine if he does that all his life, and she turns this way and just totally ignores him and doesn't even know he's there. And that's what we do with the Holy Spirit. And that's why it's so important that we talk about the Holy Spirit and introduce people how to have relationship with the Holy Spirit. Come on, stand with me. Give the Lord a high five. Come on, give him a shout. Yay! Amen. Over the next few weeks, I'm going to be preaching more and more about the person, the Holy Spirit, and I want to introduce you to him in greater degrees so that you will hear from the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, see through the eyes of the Holy Spirit, and get answers to things you need answers for and be empowered with supernatural ability from the Holy Spirit. If I was willing to sign on to be your life coach, how many of you would say, I'd love for a pastor to be my personal life coach? Okay, I'm resigning. That's all? <laughs> Come on. How many of you would sign on and say yes? Do you know the Holy Ghost has been sent to be your life coach? See, I said all that, it's not about me. I said that to lay up for a slam dunk. It's not about me being your life coach. The Holy Spirit wants to be your life coach. As we close, if you have never asked Jesus Christ in your heart, you must be born again. Before you can receive the Holy Spirit, you've got to receive the one the Father sent, Jesus. Every eye closed. If you have never asked Jesus, and today you want to ask Jesus Christ in your heart, just like that little kid in school, put your hand up and say, yeah, I want Jesus to come into my heart. Come on, put your hand up and say, I want to receive Christ. I don't care how many years you've gone to church. It's not about going to church. It's about letting Christ come into your life. I don't care if your dad's a preacher. I don't care if your mom used to prophesy over you. That's irrelevant. It's great. 
But you have to ask Jesus in your heart. If you've never asked Jesus in your heart, quickly raise your hand one last time before I close. Online, if that's you right now, awesome, fantastic, best decision. And if you're here and you know you want to, raise your hand and you haven't, I want you to repeat this prayer after me. Online, here in the building, we're going to ask Jesus in our heart. Dear God, come on everyone, dear God, I believe you love me a lot. And you came to earth in Jesus Christ. And you died for my mistakes. I'm sorry. Forgive me. Jesus Christ, I accept you. And I ask you to live inside of me. Forgive me of all my sins. And take over my life. From this day. Thank you God. For hearing my prayer. Thank you Jesus. For saying yes. Thank you for coming into my heart. Amen. Amen. If you've asked Jesus in your heart online, contact us. The information will be on the screen right after we close. And those of you, if you have prayed that in your heart, tell somebody that you trust, that you asked Jesus in your heart today, or come and see me now. For the rest of us, we get to go home and eat more grapes <laughs> and other kinds of food too, right? All right. Hey, guys, God bless you. Don't forget, God is moving. Exciting things are happening. If you've been watching online, come on to church. I might bring more grapes next.